HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. I'm Erica Wides, host of Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's February 9th, 2016. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. On today's show, we have our winter co-host, Ann Becerra. How are you, Ann? Hello, Jimmy. I'm great. Uh, I just wanted to say something really quick because this week I met a couple at the Blind Tiger who had just moved back from living abroad for three years and said that they listen to this show every week. It was their connection to New York beer and they feel like they didn't miss a beat. So it's an appropriate show to have. LIC Beer Project on today. That's right. So we got Damon and Dan. How are you guys? Good. How are you? We're LIC super Beer excited. Project and, and Alicia and Eric from uh, Mecklenburg. How are you guys? We're great. Welcome Thanks for having us. Bissarsons Radio is brought to you by Union Beer Distributors, supplier of world-class ales and lagers. You can live tweet us at beer underscore sessions. Maggie should be tweeting. We should be on Instagram. And we're actually starting to untap now that, that uh, was keeping track of the beers that we're tasting on the air. So uh, it's kind of a fun week. It's, it's February. We're looking forward to New York City Beer Week. And uh, it's great to have LIC Beer Project, one of the newer New York City breweries, with us. And uh, in Mecklenburg as well, because you guys are an outstanding uh, food and beer place on Clinton Hill, Brooklyn. So, And have you been to Mecklenburg's at all? Mecklenburg's. I haven't been. I've noticed their menu several times. Their food menu looks to die for. 16 taps, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's on my list for sure. Especially I, was, I was really impressed that I read that they have sublime baked potatoes. Sublime, yes. Two different varieties. Uh, one uh, filled with melted raclette cheese, sour cream, and a chunk of bacon. And the other one with uh, smoked black cod, creme fraiche, and caviar. Wow, that Whoa. sounds good. <laughs> yeah. I bet that goes well with a, with Dan's uh, some of your beers. For sure, yeah. We poured some beers over there. Super supportive. Totally digging what those guys are doing over there. I'll tell you, the, the scene's so great now. I mean, it's, it's great to have a place like Mecklenburg's that's, you know, doing food and beer. And your tap list is unbelievable. I don't know, I don't know who has it. I printed it out. But, um, you know, everything from Alesmith to, to local breweries. And, Eric, you're, you're responsible for that, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I like to keep an interesting lineup of beers, something for everybody, um, while still being a little challenging. You guys do growlers, and uh, do you do any bottles as well? Or is it just 
Uh, we have a limited can selection, um, but mostly just draft, yeah. Cool. Do you have a crowler machine? Uh, we do not. So crowler. We all need crowler It's, it's just starting, totally. I know. It's just kind of a newer thing that's starting. And other things about Mechaburg, someone quoted it and said it was Brooklyn's Mechel best. Oh, that's very <laughs> sweet. Yeah, Mechel is starting to become the... The like pre word to every word that is uh, somewhat complimentary. To so you have a Meckle burger. So, uh, we, have, we have Meckle. We have a Mech and cheese right now, which is our <laughs> mac and cheese. So, yeah, we're well, using this that. is fun. Well, Dan, you, you guys, I mean, Damon, I knew you for years as a home brewer, and uh, tell us how you guys met and you know first started cooking this idea up of a, a brewery. Well, I've, I've been after the um, the brewery thing for about twelve years now, so. Uh, Damon and I actually met on a bus to Tap New York, um, tasted some beers while we were at Tap New York, kind of shared what my vision was for, uh, for starting a brewery, and we found that we had very common interests in beer. Uh, so we kind of started working together on, on the concept for the brewery. I already had laid down some groundwork, and Damon kind of just jumped right in, and like, you know, he kind of jumped on the back of a galloping horse, and uh, we started moving along with the brewery. Yeah, I was uh, pretty inspired by a lot of what Dan wanted to do in, in creating, um, you know, a lot of old world inspired beers with his own kind of twist to it, um, as well as doing some very highly experimental beers, working with yeast, and, and it, you know, a lot of that stuff was a little new to me, even as a home brewer, so it, w- it was pretty cool. So Dan, when did you first travel in Europe? Uh, so back in 2004, I took a backpacking trip through Europe. Uh, it was kind of a crazy time in my life, so I had to get away. I uh, landed in Belgium, out of, out of all places, I landed in Cantillon. I didn't even know where I was really at the time, <laughs> so it was kind of gnarly. I, I'd known a lot about craft beer at the time, the movements that were taking place back home, uh, some of the bigger guys, some of the bigger players at the time, uh, Sierra, Dogfish, you know, all, all the big guys that were coming out, Lagunitas, from, you know, making big moves, uh, a lot of the newer breweries as well. Uh, so... Soon as I soon as I found Cantillon and a lot of those breweries there, I was just blown away by by those beers. I was just totally blown away, and it was more, I think, of the experience of those beers versus the actual uh, what I was actually drinking because it was quite foreign to me. Uh, I think it was more the actual experience. You know, I come from a a background in the construction industry and a consulting business. So I have a very mechanical background. Uh, I spent a lot of time big in building large facilities. So to see how these guys were making beer in such a rudimentary way, like it was just unbelievable, like how they were making the beer, and that's kind of really what I was drawn towards. And I was like a rebel home brewer at the time, you know, like brewing beer in my garage and kind of messing around with yeasts and doing crazy stuff. So uh, came came back home, uh, started looking into like saison, farmhouse style beer, sour beers, researching. It was at the time there wasn't a ton of information on, on those styles of beers. But it was coming out, and uh, I read Michael Jackson's book, uh, Great Beers to Belgium, and that was it. Like, I was, dude, I was hooked, man. I, I, I knew that these were the beers that I wanted to get behind, and this is what I wanted to do. So I, I went um, out to visit some friends out in California. I went to Salona Beach, and I stumbled upon uh, Pizza Port Brewing. I had drank SPF 45, and uh, Tommy Arthur was still working there at the time, and I was just like... Oh, it was like amazing. Like I was like, oh man, these beers are being made stateside. I was like, I, I could do this, you know. I, like it became real. Uh, so I just started seeking out breweries that were that were brewing those beers, you know, back in the states. 
I knew I knew that I would need some professional training to really get moving. So I enrolled in the Cebu Institute, uh, traveled you know to Chicago, over back to Europe, and that was it. Started building the plan for the brewery and just kind of experimenting with different yeast and stuff in my garage. Just kind of. Kind of I'm, I'm really happy with, with, with your stuff, and we, we've been getting it a few times now at Jimmy's number 43. Right on, and, and what is the beer that we're drinking now? So this is Ardent Core. Um, Ardent Core is a farmhouse-style saison. I uh, thought it was important to, to name it Ardent Core because it's really my passion, what I'm behind, and it's our core product. So this is the beer where everything we do is, is built from. Uh, so the foundation of this beer, the principles in which we make this beer... Uh, the fermentation profiles and such is really where uh, where Art and Core, where everything grows from, is from this beer. So super super traditional. Uh, we use the, the yeast is, is evolving quite a bit now. It's uh, starting to take on a little bit more Britannomyces character, but in, in a very subtle way, not not offensive at all. Uh, more fruit character. So you're you're going to keep evolving your like kind of your house yeast. Yeah. So we see some drift in some of our yeast and some of our yeast strands. Uh, Especially the ones that contain bacteria and, and botanomyces and you know wild yeasts, we see some movement from batch to batch uh, with the way the you know the yeast is the growth rate of the yeast in the batches. So, Arden Core is really starting to come into its own now. It's like it's really starting to evolve nicely. Um, this beer will eventually move into uh, fooders that we have on the, on their way. So big forty barrel fooders. Uh, this is where Arden Core will have its final home there. We've been developing in stainless for the past five months that we've been open, uh, but it's going to move into oak. That's where it's going to so be. So f- fooders, that's the new nice. trend, isn't it? A lot of breweries are, are talking about using fooders. Yeah, so we're working with uh, fooder crafters, uh, and they're building you know, brand new oak for us, so, which is nice. That's exciting. Can I ask, how's the reception been? I mean, like what you were saying, what inspired you about Cantillon is the sort of natural way that these beers you know, are fermented and just the... I guess the nature behind it, as a, instead of just the science. But like, do people understand that when you're selling beers that there might be slight variations, you know, from batch to batch? Like, are you getting, you know, people saying, "Well, this is different. I don't get it." Or are people receptive to it? Like, what have you noticed in yeah, the market? We, we, we noticed that Art and Core is really um, starting to find a home now in the market with people, and they're really starting to understand what what we're doing. Some of the other beers we take a little bit more risks on, a little bit more experimental. Uh, it's still quite. Even in today's age, with you know craft beer the way it is now, there's still quite a bit of information to be learned about these wild beers, uh, specifically sour beers, but even these farmhouse style beers, you know the fermentation profiles and stuff. That's great, so Eric. Um, so you as as a beer bar, you know, what have you brought to Mecklenburg's and uh, your, your interest? How did you get started uh, as a beer buyer? Uh, well, uh, formerly of Beercraft, um, when that. Sadly passed away, uh, moved on. Um, Mecklenburg's has been a little bit of a playground for me, uh, being able to like bring in all these great beers. Uh, so I try to focus mostly on local stuff. There's so much great brewing going on in New York right now. Um, yeah. No, I'm just, will you guys hand me the, uh, the Mecklenburg beer list? That's why. <laughs> Keep talking, Eric. You're good. It's a pretty great list you have, man. But I didn't realize you were at Beercraft, and, and to me that says it all. I mean, you guys all know Beercraft. I miss Beercraft. I mean, that was one of the great pioneers of, of, of beer. Did, we opened the day that Beercraft shuttered, so there was sort of, I think, something in like the moon alignment where maybe we got some of their good mojo. And I mean, we got to talk Eric about that. Proof of How that. long did you work at Beercraft? Let's talk about that because it's kind of sad that that closed. But we understand that businesses have to move on sometimes. 
Uh, it was a couple years uh, towards the end. Um, not uh, supposedly in the glory days. Uh, ben Granger is uh, one of my heroes. Um, we actually wound up. We found out the day Beercraft closed, and uh, that was the day Backelbergs opened. Um, we actually had kind of a small wake for Beercraft at Backelbergs. So we obviously, <laughs> when your business closes, everyone goes and gets drunk. Uh, and we ended up there, and I met Alicia. Huh. That's great. That's crazy. Why don't, you, why don't you read to us some of the beers you have? Because I, I think that even though you have this focus as a, you're a market and and a beer bar, you've got this amazing list of drafts, which many of which are all you can get by Growler too. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a lot so, you could certainly get by Growler. Um, we have the Alesmith Hawaiian Speedway Stout, which is. Oh, it's just amazing. fantastically That's one of my favorite beers of all. And then all these variations that we're getting now, I'm so excited yeah, about it. Yeah, we have the, the Hawaiian, yeah. uh, Hawaiian one on right now. Oh, so my it's, goodness. Uh, vanilla beans, Hawaiian coffee, and uh, coconut. Amazing. Yeah, totally just fantastic. Uh, the Grim Super Spruce, which is being poured also at Roberta's right now. The uh, really exciting Hidachino Nipponia. Zimatore, am I killing that? Uh, I might be. It's a made-up word. You can say it however you want. However <laughs> <laughs> I want to say it, uh, which is that's what I say. Really about sort of yeah. funky. Talking about what yeast. Yeah, do it's and um, three years in uh, Pinot Noir barrels and one year in gin. The yeah. gin comes in just a little bit. Uh, it's nice. Yeah, really exciting. Probably for us right now is uh, we just kicked our Long Island City. I'm sorry to say, but the other half second anniversary. Joe's another uh, beer craft alumni, huh? Joe yeah. Tracy, that used to be at Beercraft. Cool. Yeah. That's their double IPA, right? Uh, yeah. A, We're just yeah, pouring that at Tiger. Double yeah. IPA, 9%. Yes. Um, super, super, like, citrus juicy. Delicious. I think we kicked it in a day. <laughs> it's really good. Oh, that's great. So that's great. So we have a, a lot of things in common. I didn't realize you had the Beercraft connection. And that tells me more about Meckle, Mecklebergs, that you guys are really meckling it out, man. Yeah, we're <laughs> really good at um, hiring people that are better, better than us at Things, so so and Eric's the you're best, doing so. some some uh, tasting menus and, and and pairings. Yeah, we're doing beer events where so our my history is specifically in retail and catering. Uh, my husband and I have had an underground restaurant for the last twelve years, so we uh, brought in Eric. Eric has great relationships with a bunch of breweries in the city. So we come in, we let the brewery take over six lines. Uh, my husband and I come up with a six-course tasting menu uh, based on the styles of the beer. And, and So you have one coming up with Finback Brewing? We have one coming up with so Finback. So th- I'm sure you know the beers, Eric. If you don't know the foods, you can improvise. But generally, what's the food and, and beer pairing that's happening? I mean, the food is all very seasonally ingredient-driven, and just the flavors on the plate are flavors that will match very well with the so flavors like what do you in think the glass. of Brussels sprouts? You have pork. What are you going to have? Uh, we're going to probably have some sort of braised meat because it's winter and braising in beer is always fantastic. So probably one dish where the beer is being used both in the braising liquid and in the glass. Uh, probably a carpaccio, whether it's fish or meat. Um Probably some sort of sunchoke panna cotta with a caviar, sesame dressed radicchio with a sour. Just so you're ma- and you're making it. everything in your kitchen, yeah. In your kitchen, you're yeah. In our everything. kitchen, that can't boil water. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah. We have two ovens. And then Eric, with so. this meal, just just quickly, a, a, a brief like, what's the order of the beers oh. by style that you'll be doing? 
Because we know Finback. That's a lot of beers from Finback. Six different beers. Yeah, um, we're gonna get one of the uh, one of the two new BQEs, either the extra coffee or the brand, apple brandy one. Um, still just deciding on that one. I'm leaning towards the brandy. Um, have some of their new uh, really juicy IPAs. Um, Double Sess Wit will probably start as it's an easy like intro, small in, like. Um, we're going to get their new Saison in. Uh, it's brewed with... Uh, Still yet to be named. Yeah, it's not even named yet. <laughs> um, almond seed, lemon zest, chrysanthemum, and green tea. Uh, Yum. Be fun and to that's with. just... That's a food beer. Then, yeah. Andrea, what's the dessert? Because you said you, you, you knew what the dessert would the be. The dessert is a adult s'more, which is sort of like a Rubik's Cubed-sized homemade marshmallow that I make. Um, it's coated in sort of a magic shell uh, chocolate. Um, ganache with a graham cracker ice cream, uh, which that graham cracker ice cream is probably going to have some of that double well, that coffee stout in it. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I know that the night of our event, New York City Brewers Choice, February 24th, we'll be out in Clinton Hill, so we're definitely going to visit Mecklenburg's. You might get a summer. I love that. That's <laughs> what I'm coming for. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Oh my God, that sounds And today's break song is called Better All the Time by Zuli. We'll be right back. L Knife and Son acquired Union Beer Distributors, which was originally located on Union Avenue in Brooklyn, but has since expanded to its present location alongside the English Kills Canal in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Union Beer has grown dramatically in the last decade as the primary distributor of Anheuser-Busch products for Kings County, Brooklyn, through the hiring and development of the best people in the industry. In 2003, Union Beer acquired a powerful catalog of specialty brands, which immediately positioned them as the craft beer supplier to accounts in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Union perpetually tweaks their portfolio to maintain the highest level of stylistic breadth with the most coveted brands available. Through the highest possible level of service, outstanding salesmanship of the ultimate lineup of brands, and a paramount focus on education on all levels, Union Beer has solidified its position as the only source for the best selection of beers in the 14 counties of southeastern New York. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. What a show. It's February. We're starting talking about New York City Beer Week. we got in the house. we got Ann Likes Beer and Becerra, uh, the guys from Long Island City Beer Project, and Mecklenburg's right here. So so Damon Oscarson, you know, I knew you as a home brewer. You, you had a career. And what did you used to do? And you gave it up, and now, now you're uh, running a brewery. I was a biologist for years. So I actually have a bachelor's in zoology and a, a master's degree in ecology and environmental science, and which is completely relatable to beer, obviously. But uh, no, it, it's, it's so what, what what kind of job did you have? I was a uh, I, I worked in a nonprofit land preservation for a while. Um, I worked for the Wildlife Conservation Society for a while, doing uh, conservation work 
with wildlife, um, obviously. He saves and, birds. Yeah, exactly. Reptiles. Everybody reptiles loves them. and amphibians, yeah. And then I had... Uh, and then I, um, I then I worked in private consulting for a while, and 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 that kind of that kind of, you know, uh, that w- that was hard for me to do, because you're kind of working from the other side, and you know, private consulting, and I did a lot of wetland work. So, so at what what point in your your Long Island City Beer Project did you give up your day job? Uh, probably about a year ago or so. I think about a year ago, a little over a year ago. Um, you know, Dan and I have been planning it for at least two or three years now. Um, and then when we got investors on board and we got a space, uh, Dan and I basically quit our jobs about a year, year and a half ago and just started to build the space out. Um, you know, Dan's experience in, in engineering and stuff, um, you know, he oversaw everything as sort of the general contractor in there. And then I just swung a hammer. I did whatever it take. I did, uh, um, we were looking at, uh, uh, you know, uh, just building the brand and, ordering equipment and there was a lot to be done before it even opened so i just jumped right right in and helped him out so dan earlier was i know you, you guys are using, using things that i consider small brewery like like uh, cool ships but i mean how small are you going to stay i mean you were talking earlier about that you actually want to make money i mean what, what how many barrels or what scale do you, do you intend to get to so you can actually like make it work for you guys well i, I think from the onset the goal was to really um brew these styles of beer and bring them to market and bring them, you know, have people be able to drink our beers. You know, we, we built a three-vessel, 20-barrel brewery. Um, we have three 40-barrel fermenters right now. We have a 40-barrel fooder on the way. We have upwards of 100, uh, 100 barrels uh, filled with sour beer. So but I knew, I knew from the beginning that we wanted to be able to bring these beers to people. Uh, I felt that was important. So... You know, as, as as large as we could scale this thing within reason, um, where our space can probably comfortably, we could comfortably do about 10,000 barrels a year in our space. So I'd be happy to get there. Well, that's cool. And let me say, ask one question for everybody. I know that you guys have a cool ship, and to me that means something. So each of you, I don't usually ask everyone the same question, but what does a cool ship mean to you? And is there a certain brewery that you think of when I say cool ship? Yes. Uh, well, for me... Obviously, I'll say an American brewery that comes to mind. The first one is Allagash. Um, I think for me, it just kind of shows that there's somewhat of an appreciation for um, traditional brewing, for historical styles, you know, for letting sort of nature take its course. I think it's a throwback. You know, everybody, obviously, hoppy beers are it, and people can churn out IPA after IPA. But I think to take the time to do something and let something ferment, you know, spontaneously really shows dedication. And Eric, what about when I say cool ship? Oh, Allagash as well, actually. Um, they've been doing it for quite a long time, and they've. There's something about giving the reins to uh, the beer gods, essentially, and you don't really know what you're going to quite come out with, but sometimes it's delightful. I know, there's a certain, like. Uh, I don't know. Mystique? Yeah, a certain mystique of that. Um, never knowing quite what you're going to get. and like. But if, 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 if I said to you, oh, I met these guys in Long Island City, they're using a cool ship, oh, would yeah. you instantly think that their beers were going to be better or, or interesting? D- or? Interesting, absolutely. Uh, the first cool ship in New York City, and it's actually really exciting. I can't wait to see what comes from it. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious about that New York City yeast. Can you yeah, tell us how that's working of, out for you? 
a lot of people thought we were kind of nuts uh, doing this in, in Queens, but it wasn't something that we just jumped into. You know, we, we spent a lot of time researching and working with breweries, you know, breweries in, in Belgium as well as, you know, guys like from Allagash. So we had a lot of conversations about how these beers are brewed, the process that, process that takes place um, to get to the to end result. And we also did a lot of tests at the brewery. Um, I, I had my eyes on the space for about three years. I was one of the investors actually owns the building. So I had access to the building for quite some time. So we we, did, we plated a lot of yeast and stuff on the, on the roof. Uh, we, sent, we did a lot of analysis. Um, we, we, spent, we spent some some time researching before we jumped into building this cool ship. Are you, are you also going to develop your own like microflora? Are you going to have things like bees or, 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 or plant any fruit trees or anything? Uh, absolutely. We actually found through uh, some of our research that we have a large population of fig trees in the Queens area, uh, specifically Astoria. So during very specific times of year, uh, we're catching a lot of the microflora that can be found on figs. Uh, so we, we've already isolated some of those yeasts. We've used some of those yeasts in uh, some of our beers. Uh, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to evolve quite a bit. We're, we're pretty excited to really have the cool ship going. Yeah, and there's, there's nothing like, you know, having that kind of local characteristic, that, you know, endemic, you know, microflora that you have, your own terroir for the beer, um, which is really, really exciting. So, I mean, it's a unique kind of, you know, flora, unique yeast and bacteria that are just localized like that. And it, that's going to be the real exciting part. But can, can you see yourself doing something like a green roof? Or would that add, you know, add to your, you know, microflora if you were growing plants on the roof of the brewery? Or a- absolutely, brewery? yeah. We have uh, some close friends in the home brewing community uh, that, that do a lot with uh, mead and, you know, they harvest their own honey and stuff. So we're going to be doing that on the roof this year, uh, bringing some bees into the area. Really, a cool ship room. Uh, we really don't do anything to keep it clean at all. <laughs> the only thing we do have is that we keep the room under negative pressure. So we uh, pull air from the brewery through the cool ship room and out the space, uh, just so any of the microflora that's in the actual cool ship room won't inoculate the rest of the brewery. Uh, but during cool ship uh, brewing, we, we open all the vents and we pull air into a ridiculous exchange you know, per hour of air into the cool ship room. So into the room, and then where does it go? Uh, and then it vents out. Vents out. So it's, it recirculates through the room. Um, we found that we have a really, really rich flora, especially this time of year. Um, we brewed some, some beers about eight, eight months ago uh, through the cool ship, and the, the beers in the barrel went through the same exact... Um, Evolution as the beers at yeah. And I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't think there's a lot of places in New York City that have a lot of green. I, I don't think that it's, you couldn't you couldn't do that in New York City. You know? No, we'd love to. You know, you're not talking about Midtown. Uh, you know, next to the Holland Tunnel or something, whatever. <laughs> whatever <laughs> New York City is, I don't even know New York City. Man. Damon actually has a great contact who came in and consulted us on on doing some of that at the brewery. So we're looking to do that this spring, summertime. That's great. But, but a lot of that, a lot of that flora is already there. So it's like you don't have to introduce it. So it's historically probably in the air. I mean, Cantillon is, you know, it's an urban setting, so uh, kind of like ours. So I- as long as you have it there, you don't necessarily need to introduce it with any kind of new, you know, plant life or fruiting. That's a good point. And, uh, Eric, you want to say anything else about Cool Ships or Michael Floor? <laughs> How about some beers that you wish you want to drink right now that, that we could be drinking? Hmm. Um. 
I'm actually really excited. Uh, Cascade's going to be on the uh, East Coast now. They opened that brewery in uh, Carolina. Nice. Uh, it's going to be kind of fun. A lot of, like, their beers are really ca- kind of tricky to get out here anymore. Well, they're so pricey, too. Yeah. That, yeah. But so good. No, that, I was like a kid in a candy store in, in, at CBC I remember, this like, year. the Cascade <laughs> Creek was, was really great. I haven't had that in years, so. I really, this year, I like the Figaro probably the most. It might have been one of the best Cascade beers I've had. Yeah, that's, mine is the Noyo. I'm pronouncing that wrong. And O-Y-E-A-U. Noyo. I have had that. Oh, God. And what about, what, what did you bring us? I mean, we're drinking something right now that's far out, and I don't even know what it is. Oh, yeah. So uh, we brought a um, other half second anniversary. Um, obviously, brand new beer from them, celebrating said anniversary. Um, yeah, it's like. It's big, sure. right? It's like an imperial IPA. Yeah, nine percent. Um, got a lot of like citrus juiciness, but also like a lot of kind of dank pininess, which is coming out more actually in this taste of it than I've had previous. Um, it's changed a lot since we put it on, actually. Um, also, is, there, is there anything that you learned uh, when you were at Beercraft that you, you guys are doing at Mecklenburg? Oh, uh, just sort of the trying to be unpretentious about it. Uh, approaching things, it's, it's beer. It's meant to be drank and enjoyed, and trying to make anyone who comes in feel like they can just have a beer and not feel weird about it, um, while still having interesting, crazy beers. Ah, uh, it's exciting. Like having somebody try something that they've never thought of even existing before, and have their eyes light up and get all excited about it. Um, that's kind of why I do it. I don't know. That Alicia. aha moment's fun, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Alicia, when, when you go home tonight, what, do, you, do you bring home beer from your own shop? And which beers do you, you usually You mean the bring shop home? isn't my home? Oh, you live there. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, is there... No, no, not really. I think just because the hours are very long uh, that I go home and see the kids and go... Pass out, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, I like yeah. this. So what do you th- What do you think, Dan, of uh, this other half second anniversary? I love other half IPAs, double IPAs, pale ales. I think they're really rocking it out with the beers. Uh, it's really nice to see a brewery that can really be proud of one thing that they're really awesome at and just rock it out. I think that's super super cool. This beer is really gnarly. I couldn't. And I'm jumping around. And talking more about the great New York City craft beer experience. And Becerra, I, I finally saw you in action. For years, you worked at Ginger Man, and, and I <laughs> never you had your great day shifts. But last week, I was over at the Blind Tiger uh, for Chris Kuzme's birthday party. Yeah, it was Chris Kuzme. It was Dave Broderick. Every they all, like a, a ton of birthdays that day, and we really made sure to celebrate. It was great seeing full. you behind the bar, and uh, you, you got me a free beer. Thank you. <laughs> I would never ask, but I can say that on the air. Come on, but, we're uh, Come on. Do, do you have the other half second anniversary on tap? We had it that night, yeah. and I it kicked that night. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. We had a bunch of stuff. We, we always rotate through other half at that and as well as taproom. I mean, it's so nice that we're getting these super, super fresh beers. A lot of times brewed, delivered, and tapped within a week. And, you know, I think everyone in the West Coast is a little spoiled. They're like, yeah, we're used to that. But we're, you know, yeah. it's, in the last couple of years, it's really starting, especially in New York City. And so I'm a happy camper. We have well, something you, to show off to tourists. You know, it's great. Dan, there's two takes on it. I know so, there's some brewers that want to get pump their beer out fast. And they say that freshness is important. But other guys, like I was talking to Anthony from Transmitter last week, he says he actually likes likes to, to sit on his beers a little bit. Um, what's your take on that? Yeah, you know, the beers that we're brewing as well as Transmitter, they're doing great things as well. 
um, it really these beers need time. These beers need to be they need a lot of attention and care uh, before we can put them out to market. You know, we're not interested in putting mediocre beers uh, out there, especially when we're using these styles of yeasts. They, they just need time. These beers. So, I tell you, get us the next beer. We'll take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. Right All right. This one also by Zuli called Keep It Together. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio. <laughs> We're with friends. We can sing if we want. Garrett Oliver used to sing on the show. I can sing, too. Whatever. But a big shout-out to some of the events that are coming up. Uh, Justin Kennedy and uh, Travis Kaufman, they're putting together a nice little event uh, February 18th at Prime Meats. Uh, we'll feature a pig roast and beers from Strong Rope, Other Half, Threes Brewing, and Folks Beer. I guess the best way to find out about it is to go to the Prime Meats website, and there's an email for reservations. Uh, and uh, Mecklesburg, you guys are doing something with Finback Brewery on March 2nd, right? That's correct. Uh, I got a special six taps and six pairing event. That's going to be great. And don't forget our special event, six year now, uh, New York City Brewers Choice, NewYorkCityBrewersChoice.com. We have over 40 brewers, uh, most from New York State, but a few from Vermont and Maine and Connecticut. So, um, hey, welcome back to the show, guys. It was fun. And again, we're out at Roberta's. And what's great about Roberta's is that we're, while we're talking, we're drinking too. I mean, we've had other half. What else did we try? We have, they have uh, Grim on tap. You know, they've got a really great selection, too. So we're, we're big fans of Roberta's, and we love that they host the Heritage Radio Network. And it's National Pizza Day. Is it really? Today no. is. And what do you got in front of you, Ann? <laughs> Half a pizza. Is that a mozzarella <laughs> pizza? Yes. I can't say no, no matter what. But, so we're having fun tonight. We've been talking, and uh, now we're on to the next beer from Long Island City Beer Project. So this beer Let's is... Let's pour uh, that out, guys. Come on. This beer that we're pouring here is uh, called Gal Friday. It's uh, table sour. It's 4% alcohol. Now, does this work? Do you use a cool ship on this? This is not through the cool ship, but we're experimenting with different uh, strains of lactobacillus uh, with our house yeast, with our, our Brett and uh, Saison yeast. So, so be- before the break, we were talking about you know how much time your kind of beers take. You know, some people talk about pushing out IPAs. They emphasize the fresh hops. But I know that Anthony from Transmitter and you guys are saying the same. You're saying that your beers take a little more time. Yeah, these beers take some time. You know, we're, we're fine with that. We're cool with that. Um, we're getting super excited to start packaging and bottle. Uh, we have a bottling line coming 
in the springtime. This is a lot. This is the first like real pronounced sour beer that we've had. Yeah. So this is um, so our sour beers is really what we're looking to get behind. You know, we love the farmhouse styles. We love you know the Belgian Abbey beers and stuff, and and those kind of keep the lights on. But we're really getting behind our our sour ales and um, experimenting with different bacteria and yeasts. So this beer. We found that it's a crazy lemon. Sours are great. Before the break, Eric was talking about Cascade out of Oregon. And what about you, Damon? Where do you stand on sours? Um, I really dig sours. I love sours. <laughs> it's, uh, the Russian River beers are really, really cool. I mean, I really, I really dig. Thanks, man. I really dig the Russian River beers. Um, uh, Consecration, Supplication. I mean, all the Asians. I, I like all the beers that, they, that you know, and uh, obviously the Cantillons. Um, Marriage Parfait. I mean, uh, the ones that that come straight from Belgium. Um, uh, you, you really can't beat. And you guys beers. mentioned you mentioned Crooked Stave. Crooked you mentioned Stave. Jolly Pumpkin. Yep. Yeah, Jolly Pumpkin's doing really, really great uh, stuff stateside, and, and and you know they don't really make a bad beer. Yeah, it's ours. It's so funny to see people. That's one of those you said the aha moments for people when I get this all the time. Oh my god, that doesn't even taste like beer. And in my head, I'm like, it actually is the most beer-like beer in existence. And for centuries, this is what beer tasted like. But it's nice to see it's having a little resurgence, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. You know, we, we love the process, too, in, in making these beers. You know, the blending, the you know, tasting through barrels, the process that goes behind these beers. We really dig it. It's super exciting. Do you ever think you'll see a resurgence, like um, in the United States, blenders kind of coming and having their moment because it's it's almost like a dying art in belgium and it's a crucial art especially for people making sour beers but i don't think it's yeah. really talked about a lot or i don't know i hope i hope to see it what do you think yeah i think it'd be i think it'd be sick you know to have to, you know have people get together the way they did years ago and taste through barrels and blend and re- really make it an art form uh it's it's tough you know as, as the business as this business grows and people need to get beer out on the street becomes more difficult to do those things you know but i think it's super important that the the couple guys that are out there are really sticking to their guns and doing it it's shows and their products guys like the rare barrel and stuff they're really sticking behind what they do so i gotta ask you guys it's, it's, i'm gonna say a dirty word but i'm asking another question so there's one word that's come up with a lot of brewers recently when i say it i first have to think what it is and then i, then I, I smirk and think it might mean something dirty but it's the word foodra <laughs> and uh, you know i have have you guys ever? I mean, I know it from wine, so I know what Fudra is. But when did brewers start working with Fudra? Have you had any brewers say to you, "I'm, I'm, I'm using a Fudra with this beer," um, Eric? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it takes a lot of the things that you can do by just barrel aging and kind of st- skipping a step and just throw it in a Fudra. And I mean, the tastes are going to be a little different than out of just a barrel, but you get you pick up all the crazy oakiness. Um, Whatever, if it's a fresh fooder or if it's a used fooder, you're picking up a little hints of its past life. Um, it just lends itself as, or, or even of the beers that have been brewed in it previously, little lingering tastes show up. Um, it's kind of exciting. Uh, I think um, I'm familiar with the other half one, but they uh, have a line of beers, beers called uh, Fooder Juice, and they're just what that fooder tastes like. Do they have a fooder at other half? They have two. Wow. Uh, one just arrived, I believe. But yeah, they've been brewing since uh, on that since I think like May, I want to say. Um, but yeah, uh, their first beer out of it was Cannibal, and if you had the uh, the new version of that, it was uh, 
Wow. I mean, lactic. Um, not lactic. Brett. It was Brett C. Um, they blended it with the uh, Brett um, Dre. That was done in steel. Man, you, you are definitely the, the fond of wisdom here. I got to get over to Mecklenburg. Will you have any any of their food or beers on at Mecklenburg's? Uh, they haven't done one in a minute, I think. Uh, I think there's one in there now, but I'm not certain yeah. of what it is. Well, that's great to th- start thinking about that. And have you uh, yeah, Allegash. thought I mean, about we were food or and pouring them right out at Allegash? Like, not to bring that up again, but it's just so inspiring. And I feel like you know, talk about people who really know what they're doing and how they're aging and how they're blending is so cool. I was a kid in a candy store. Yeah, we spent the day up there last about a month ago with Jason up at Allagash, and you know it was really, really eye-opening. It's a really awesome facility, and those guys are doing it right. They've been doing it right for a long time. All their beers are super killer, and their sour program is stellar. You know, they they really haven't they they haven't nailed. So I really look up to those guys for what they do. It was a kind of a great progression from Cool Ship to to Fooder. Yeah, they have a great lineup of beers. Damon. Yeah, and, and even their Cool Ship beers, they took time. I mean, they didn't release them for uh, several years. You know, they, they brewed a bunch of times in the Cool Ship, and they really wanted to get it right. So it's definitely inspiring to see what they're doing up there, for sure. Yeah, Eric was saying that um, you haven't. we were talking about uh, Other Half, so you've never had the Other Half IPA before. Oh, I've had it a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> but what, you, got, you just brought a can. You want to crack it for us? Absolutely. I haven't had it out of the can yet, actually. You get a shock on it? You should shock on it. No. <laughs> Come to Meckleburg's at 2 a.m. You'll watch a shock. That's great. Alicia, you, don't even, you're, you have such a great voice, you don't even have to talk into the microphone. Yeah, yeah. right. Well, do you guys do cans at Meckleburg's, too? Um, there, there's been a shotgun known to happen of a Genesee or a Shonuff or something. Can I ask you, who did you have to bribe to get that phone number? Tell, tell him what What's you phone number? That's all my husband, uh, five hours with Verizon Fios. What's the phone number? Yeah. Uh, 718-399-BEER. <laughs> and we apparently have a second one, which is 718-399-COLD. But no one calls that one. They just call it cold beer. I don't know. That's it, awesome. But it went backwards. But what it do they call for? Deliveries? No, we don't deliver. I don't know. It's just... Just your number. It's, it's their just, number. It's, you're, asking other half, you're asking if other yeah. half's on tap. That's what it is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're calling up. And then you guys, do you guys use any, any online services like beer menus or... Yeah, we not, use beer menus. It's updated like every day, every other day, something like that. Um, but for the most part, we're really a neighborhood spot. Like people are coming in and it's become somewhat destinational, I guess, since some of the press that we've gotten... You have some of the Manhattan town cars pulling up every now and then on the weekends. But we're just a neighborhood spot in a place that's been very, very missing. Just really good groceries, really good beer, really good cheese, really so if good I go, If I go there tonight after the show, Eric, you pick a beer, and Alicia, tell me I'll what food you. I'm going to get. Yeah, definitely. Pick, pick, tell me, pick on air, pick one food and one beer that I would have tonight. One food? No, no. no. The best represents... How much food? Quintessential. (laughs) You will have the oysters, the crostini with pistachio cream, aged gouda, and pork skin from the porchetta, and either the duck sandwich or the porchetta sandwich, I would say. And then what am I going to drink, Eric? With that? Um, Right. uh, Barrier lately has been doing really great work. Um, I have a Suburbs on right now. Yes, Uh, great beer, man. I have that, too. (laughs) It's so good. Barrier Suburbs, it's a a Columbus hop. I'm, I'm I'm excited because they it's one of their new beers and it's really good. Yeah, yeah we did, we dig the guys at Barrier. We love them. Yeah, yeah. and I think I think they're coming. I, we haven't heard much about them because there's so many other breweries now. But 
Yeah, that's a great beer. I was drinking that all weekend myself. I'm there then. I'm having Barrier Suburbs, and we're going there after the show. And uh, whatever Alicia tells me to get for food. But I want that crazy baked potato. Oh yeah, well the potatoes like that come that comes out automatically. That's just easy, yeah. yeah. And the, the porchetta is amazing too. I had the porchetta when I was there, and that was I, I can see why it's always packed in there with a It's crazy. Beer. It's sort of like so our name's Mecklenburgs, which yeah. is obviously a very Jewish name, yeah. right? But I'm Sicilian, so we just fill a Jewish deli sized sandwich with pork, uh, <laughs> broccoli rob, and Parmesan cheese, come which is on. sort of the perfect blend of me and my husband. So it's Wonderful. just great. Yeah. And you grew up in the Upper West Side, right? I so you were influenced the by the re- the retail Zabars side. You'll the see retail, it. Yeah. I mean, Zabars. We sold. Uh, I don't know. In December, the month of December, maybe two thousand babkas, and that was my <laughs> homage to Zabars and I don't know, Seinfeld, which I just started watching because I just realized that show is funny because those were all my relatives. You know, really my thirteen-year-old daughter is also <laughs> watching Seinfeld. So, yeah. Really? Yeah, I just started. Oh, yeah. I'm not thirteen, but yeah. <laughs> Let's do a wrap Last last comments Say whatever you want to say Damon He's dying to say something um, Yeah I'm always dying to say something right No, no uh, Drink our beer Our beers are all over New York City now And uh, You know we want feedback And And uh, I just Like thank Mecklenburg's And Taproom For putting our beers on Because those are the great accounts That You know You guys have the knowledge And you can sell our beer Probably better than we can So We appreciate that And Look for us out there. And then you, you have a tap room too, don't you? Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, we have a tap room that's open uh, Thursday nights and Friday nights from uh, 4 to 11. And Saturday from 1 to 11 and Sunday so from in, 1 in to Long Island, Island City, Queens. In, we're in Long Island City, Queens. Uh, we're pretty easy to get to from uh, Queensboro Plaza Stop uh, and the F Train and a couple other subways. So come All on. right. Well, my last question is, um, I like what you guys are doing w- with your beers and... Um, so, what are you doing for New York City Beer Week? Are you making a special beer? Are there any new beers coming out? Yeah, well, we're working on a uh, smash beer. So, there's some New York State ingredients. Uh, we brewed a saison with it uh, with some with some lacto. Uh, I guess some acidity on it. Um, but you're having trouble what, with with the the, the grains. Yeah, the yeah. So we're. I'm not all that crazy about the beer right now, but we're, we have some time. So but you might sit on it and maybe we'll, release we'll, it. <laughs> exactly. So we'll probably sit on it, uh, see how it I, That's a big shout-out. You know, the, the New York City Beer Week is really pushing the, the Smash State Malt and State Hop beers. And I think this year 15 New York City breweries are making a Smash beer, which is pretty great. So cheers to Kelly Taylor and the New York City Brewers Guild. And, uh, yeah, right on. and anything else you want to say? Anything coming up for Beer Week? Well, yeah, we're doing a bunch of things for Beer Week. Obviously, Brewer's Choice. I'm doing an event at Tap Room. But just listening to him talk, it's like another great thing about New York City. And the fact that we have beer now is everything is accessible via public transportation. So whenever I leave and go travel for beer, it's nice, but I have to find a DD or I have to find some car. Come visit us. You could do 10 breweries in a day in two days, you know, and it's it's great. You don't have to worry about driving afterwards. I'll tell you, New York City Beer is going to be great. We have some special shows. Uh, tune in live Friday, uh, February 19th at 12 noon. Uh, we're kicking off New York City Beer Week live in our studios here uh, with four New York City brewers, including Kelly Taylor. So that's going to be a great show. And I'd like to thank everyone for joining us tonight. Alicia, Eric, Damon, Dan, and Ann for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Justin Kennedy and Maggie Seiden, and to our engineer, Jack Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. 
You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.